Hello, dear second grade. Now that we've finished listening to the stories of Tall and his adventures with Nooms or Noom and Millie Tinkle, we're going to be diving into a new book called The Secret Journey of the Silver Reindeer. This story takes place in a far away land called Lapland, and it focuses on the journey of a 15-year-old boy called Aslak, who tries to save his family's herd of reindeer and their traditions and way of life. You see, rather than relinquish his family's wealth to his treacherous uncle, Aslak undertakes a secret journey to his ancestral burial ground, proving he has the courage and inherited right to be the head of his family. These chapters are much shorter than the ones that we've heard in the adventures of Tall and Noomzor Noom, but I do really hope that you enjoy them just as much. It was in the far north country of Lapland, where the winter days are brightened only by starlight and glistening snow, and the summer nights are dimmed only by the heavy clouds crossing the sun, that the young Aslak undertook a secret journey to save his family and his herd of silver reindeer. It happened in the days when the Laps, or Samer as they call themselves, could still make migrate with their herds through Lapland, far, far above the Arctic Circle. And the story began with Uni Maga. He was a small but sturdy man, whose fight with a giant brown bear, whose luck with nuggets of gold, whose pride in his silver reindeer, all made him a legend. For who had sat by the hearth of his tent and talked of great hunters and herdsmen and not talked of Unimaga? He was the greatest of herdsmen, some said, for his deer shone like a silver river in moonlight and ran as fast as the silver streak of lightning. He was a giant among hunters, some said. For only a man of great courage could have killed the biggest bear in all of Lapland. He was a wizard, some said, for they thought only a wizard skilled with a magic drum could have found such gold. Unimaga fathered three sons. The oldest, also named Uni, was thrown from a sledge when he was a lad and was half smothered in the snow. So he grew strong in body, but dim in mind. Gentle and kind, he did as he was told, and everyone called him Small Yoni. The second son, Pira, was wild and reckless. He was fond of racing deer and making wagers, of fighting and scheming. After he lost two herds of his own through betting, and a part of great Yoni's herd through folly. His father reluctantly said, You must leave my household and make your own way in the world, for I will give you no more. You may claim nothing from me as long as I live, 
even though I love you with all my heart and send you away in sorrow. The third son, Tur, was a faithful herdsman and skilled trail finder who took joy and pride in the hard life of a nomad. As long as great Yurni lived, Tur obeyed his father's orders. But when great Yurni died, Tur became the head of the family. He cared for his mother, his brother's small Yurni, and his wife and his five children, of whom Aslak was the oldest. He was proud of the famous herd of silver reindeer, which then numbered 3,000 animals. But though Tur was a man of skill and courage, he had none of the luck of great Yurni. A winter of the worst ice and sleet in a century cut down the herd by half, and the spring which followed threw the brooks, creeks, and rivers into treacherous torrents which not only drowned hundreds of the winter-weakened deer, but also Tor's wife. On the late autumn trek, a miserable journey of cold mists and sudden blizzards, Tur fell ill of a mysterious disease. Neither the skill nor the herbs of old grandmother could save him. In the midst of their difficulties, fifty of the best reindeer strayed or were stolen. While other Laplanders came to the winter village looking forward to friends and the fun of the fair, the widow and grandchildren of the great Jorni Maga arrived in sorrow and in fear. Someone has cast an evil spell over us and our herd, mourned grandmother. And who is left nowadays? who has skill with the drum to tell me how the spell can be broken and who has cast it. Who believes in the drum? asked Alask, even though he had heard much of his grandfather's skill with it. The church has told us there was never magic in the drum anyway. So Asklak went to the mayor of the village to report that fifty of his reindeer were missing and he felt that they had been stolen. The boy's tale upset the mayor. Aside from the killing, the theft of deer is the most serious charge you could bring. We have no deer thieves in Lapland, and we have not for years. You know each herd owner has his mark cut into the ear of his deer, and that mark is respected. But as the mayor said these words, he also saw the worry in Aslak's deep black eyes and he could scold him no further. Now, I need you to think on it, boy. Your journey was plagued by mists and storms. Your father was raving with illness, tied in his sledge. Your uncle, small Yorni, knows summer from winter and a deer from a dog, but that is all. And strong as you are, you are not practiced in hurting your deer through a hazardous journey. The deer were lost. They were not stolen. But most serious of matters, now that your father is dead, is what will become of you and your brothers and sisters.
That is no problem, declared Aslak. I shall take care of my brothers and sisters and old grandmother and small Jorny. It is no one's concern but my own. The mayor smiled, but shook his head. You are only fourteen. And how old are the others? By the time of the spring journey, I shall be fifteen, Aslak said. My sister Mirja is thirteen. My brother Pirka is twelve. My sister Terhi is ten. And my little brother Petri is three. And don't forget, old grandmother is always full of advice. Among us, we know how to lasso and break deer, how to slaughter and skin them, how to make them sledges and clothes, how to milk the deer and make cheese. We know all we need to keep our herd together and let it increase. Again the mayor smiled and shook his head. Five children, five, and a weak old woman and a dim-witted man could never survive the yearly journey of the deer. I have spoken with the pastor and the teacher, and I have gone over the laws of our land. The pastor and I believe the herd can be sold so that old grandmother may be taken care of and you children may stay at school together. We will have no trouble finding buyers for your deer. But I do not wish to sell, nor does my grandmother. Then I shall speak to her, said the mayor. No, Aslak decided. I will talk to her. It is my duty to take care of her. But she will not be happy without us and the deer. So I must do what is best. You must do as your elders tell you, young Aslak, said the mayor severely, whether you feel it is best or not. But to that Aslak could not agree, and he parted from the man in silence, now bearing a burden of disapproval as well as anxiety. Because Aslak had promised, on his return he asked old grandmother, are you too weary to make the journey with us this year? Would it ease you to stay at the village and rest while we see to the herd? Old grandmother had looked at him as if he were a little ignorant child. How could I rest, knowing you needed me? she asked. It is true, said Aslak soberly, and it is much to ask, but I do need you. Not more than I need you, Grandmother replied, and I need the only way of life I know. But you, Aslik, must be my strength. I will, promised Aslak, and bravely he told the mayor, we will not be selling our deer. We shall see, the wise man replied, by the time of the spring journey, you just may change your mind.